Hey, let's go answer the bell, huh? If we just know what we're doing, work at it, and concentrate and do it. Let's go, fellas! What's happening, people? Welcome into another episode of the Patriots Podcast. I'm Sean. He's JJ. Hello. Welcome in. We uh, we keep thinking this losing streak is going to end, and then it just fumbles away. Uh, pun, literally. Pun intended. Fitter, figuratively. Literally. Yeah, I mean, you know, another game, you go into the first half, it immediately looks very dire. Like, holy shit, the offense can't fucking do anything. And then the second half, they kind of started playing. You know, they started playing some football. And, uh, you know, some bad decision-making. And one fumble later, and the game's over. Um, against a Buffalo team that, you know, we kind of talked about had been losing steam in past weeks. Um, you know, just in terms of, you know, how well they've been playing and, you know, how they've been beating their opponents and stuff like that. They had a couple losses. They weren't very impressive. No, they I, definitely weren't very impressive. And, um, you know, that game was ours for the taking, I think, at the end there. And I feel like if they made a couple better decisions earlier in the game that we'll get to, uh, it definitely could have changed the outcome. And, you know, once again, here are the Patriots that are now 2-5, and five, you just uh, you know, um, said. There's three of those losses we had the ball in the fourth quarter, p- potentially the last drive of the game, and all we, we needed a touchdown, which is difficult to do, and we were in the red zone, I think, every time and just couldn't do it. Yeah, it's those money drives. You're missing that money conversion to yeah. win the game, those Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, dare I say it, drives, and uh, they just haven't been there. I mean, no. you, you can exclude the the blowouts, some of like the the Niners loss, you can take that out of the equation. And to some extent, you can take the the Chiefs game out of the equation. Cam Newton being on the sideline or in the box at home, wherever the heck, in a quarantine bubble. Mm. But this game, it's funny. We we got on here last week and we said, all right, if they don't win this game, it's sell, sell, sell. And they did enough in this game. You're like, this team could make the playoffs. This team isn't bad. You look at their schedule going forward. There's not there's not that many games where I'm like, well, we're definitely going to lose that game. Like clearly the mm-hmm. Ravens game with our run defense, they're going they're going down in that game. There's I will get on this podcast that week and say that the Patriots lose that game. Yeah, I mean it's looking like that. But there are a lot of other games where they could win and the the NFL's even floating a 16 team playoff schedule. Right. 16 team playoff slate where it's going to be I, top 16 or top 8 in your division. Top 8 in your conference. Conference, I'm sorry. Yeah, nice. exactly. And you you look around the AFC and and they're they're probably probably top eight. I don't know. <laughs> like you look you at mean, it and you're like, are are they at gonna this have... moment are they top eight? No. Well, not not at the moment. Yeah, they're two and five. But at, at the end of the season, if if they're sitting there at eight and eight, that's probably top eight. When you look right. the just for a balance of the schedule, the 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 Chiefs and the Steelers are gonna win a, a ton a ton of games. The the Jets and they're gonna be balanced out um, with some of the losers, but. I thought they played frustratingly well in in the sense that I was watching this game like kind of pulling my hair out just by the fact that they can't tackle anybody. Like when did everybody on the team just forget how to tackle? I understand that you don't have the same run block eaters up front where you, you basically have Lawrence Guy and then a bunch of fill-ins uh, in terms of stuff in the run. I mean, there's a reason that last year when this team was a great defense, Adam Butler did not play on run-stopping downs. And I love Adam Butler, but he's playing 
outside of his strength mm-hmm. when he's trying to be in their stuff in the run and there's nobody else to do it um you know cowards out there and doing so so larry guys has been banged up uh i mean i don't even blame the defensive line i i the linebackers you know, are br- they can't tackle the linebackers linebackers i mean Everything. bentley we've talked about it bentley is um you know pretty strict first down player like the fact that he's in there for three downs is too much He's really strictly an A-gap guy. And even then, I mean, he made some of those big runs that they had. He made, you know, this is a bad running team, as we talked about. This is not a good running team. He hits the guy, you know, it would have been, you know, a couple-yard gain here, maybe even a a tackle for a loss sometimes. And the guy just shakes him, just shakes him, bounces off him, whatever. And, you know, I know you've talked about Adrian Phillips. You like him. I, I like him too. I mean, you're asking the guy to do way more than he should be. Than he's capable of. Than he's capable of, than he can handle. I mean, you know, when when you have an offensive guard or tackle taking on basically a safety one-on-one, untouched, it's like, what do you expect a guy to do? Do you really think he's going to shed the tackle? He can't even get around the arms, the, the, their, their arm span, you know, their wingspan. He can't get outside the frame Yeah, on these guys. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's too much. What do you think is going to happen? Exactly what we're seeing. That's what you would expect to happen. And that's that's the frustrating part is the mm-hmm. poor tackling. I understand that they are outmanned size-wise, but it's like when you're there, wrap up, get a hand on them, everybody fly to the ball. They should be flocking to the ball better than they are. And then, I mean, all these running backs are falling forward constantly. Zach Moss is tearing us up. Zach Moss, who the heck? And then the flip side of that is the defense played well. <laughs> yeah, they only let up 24 points. They which only is let not... up 24 points. One of them was a the short field with the onside kick, which we'll get to later. Yeah. But they, what was really interesting for me was that Belichick spent the week praising Josh Allen, saying he's made these strides and he's not looking to run and he's become more of a passer. And then Belichick's game plan was don't let him be a passer. And it was pretty good. It worked pretty damn well. I mean, it it worked. I mean, Josh Allen didn't have a great game. It worked in that sense, but it's also like, why were we so afraid of them throwing? Because that's how they put up a lot of. They put up yardage quickly and points follow. Right. I agree with that. But I mean, does that mean we need seven defensive backs on the field at all times? I think that's it, more a, a function of having no linebackers. See, I know. I know. And, I, you know, I've been waiting to talk about this with you because it's like, we don't have any linebackers that. Well, here's the thing. You have all these like tweener guys that are on the defensive line, right? And we've talked about this in the past. It's like you got John Simon, you got Chase Winovich, you got you got uh, I don't know, uh, Rivers, Shalik Calhoun, Calhoun, Josh Uche, and you know we saw Uche get in there a little bit, and I thought he actually didn't look that bad. Afrini Jennings was was not non-existent, you know, inactive. No, I I checked. He was active. He was inactive. I thought what. I yeah. thought I checked and, and saw he was active. I'm like, why is this guy not on the field? They so, have no off-the-ball linebackers. My thing is, and we've talked about this in the past and previous shows and stuff, is you know Bill Belichick always – his linebackers need to have some kind of coverage skills. That's what he always like. You know, They need to stop the run, but they he doesn't put people out there that he's so afraid of in coverage, right, to some extent. Sure. Um, like, why don't you put Calhoun? Or, you know, I know Uche just got in there. Calhoun or Jennings or even fucking John Simon over the middle. I know it's out of position. I get it. It's out of position. They're DNs. They're not supposed to be in the middle of the field. But wouldn't they make like 
you're putting a 220-pound safety there? Why don't you put a 260-pound guy there? Yeah, it seems like that's an adjustment you could make. Like, why can't... And everyone keeps talking. Well, they don't have any linebackers. They don't have any linebackers. Like, take one of your defensive ends that's not playing, who's semi-athletic, and put him in there. They've done that a few times with Shilly Calhoun, and I've I've actually thought he's looked fine. Wait, it doesn't look that bad. It doesn't look that bad. And you can... I mean, it, it looks better than what Bentley's doing, for Christ's sake. Yeah, and you can take him out in passing situations or even questionable ones so if you if you look right. at it like a venn diagram and, and you got run situations pass ones and then in the middle you got it could go either way just only put them in there in the run plays or yeah. first and ten or w- whatever you deem is is their likelihood to run well, uh do you see uche was playing off ball linebacker a little bit yeah and he looked good he He's made only a great like, open field tackle on josh allen yeah he's only like 230 I mean, he's right. He's very much a tweener, uh, but he's got that. He's got athletic ability. Nobody is going to accuse him of knowing what to do um, more so yeah. than, than anybody else on the roster, given the fact that was his first game. Uh, but I would love to see more of him and Shalik Calhoun. And by why can't Anthony Jennings get on the field? Uh, Copeland's yep, out. Rivers out there on at fucking off the ball linebacker no way that one's too far for me i can't go with that i'm down with trying any and all (laughs) throw them out there i mean you're at the point where there's a fullback in a tight they're like in double tight tight end formation with a fullback right and it's like oh well what do we have we we have seven defensive it's like they're gonna run the ball and if they pass it i'm sure your five defensive backs can cover the two tight ends in a fucking fullback. I'm sure the guy, you could put any anyone there to cover the fullback. Like, you're worried about the fullback mm-hmm. running a pass? Is that what we're really <laughs> at the point? We're so worried about their fullback running out for a pass. They're like, well, we can't put, you know, we can't put uh, Chalik Calhoun at middle linebacker because he can't cover the full. He can't cover. Anyone can cover a fucking fullback except for, like, a D tackle. You know There's I mean? like two fullbacks in the whole league that actually run pass route. Right. The rest of them just run to the side and stand still. I mean, the Niners game, it was to the point where they were just putting the fullback strong side at receiver in running it. Well, yeah. They weren't even guy. bothering. But it's like, John, why not? John Simon, he knows the defense. Throw him back there. I mean, he's not super athletic, but he can play. Why can't he play middle linebacker? And then you put Derek Rivers at end. He's not setting the edge like I, I would love. I feel like they put John Simon in there in order to set the edge. And no, and he hasn't been doing a great job. He has not been doing a great job at it. I'm fully on board. I want Uche at inside linebacker. I want Shalik Calhoun at inside linebacker. What I really don't like, and it, it just hasn't worked uh, this season, but has worked previously, is when they go the six-man front with a single linebacker in the middle where they're like, we're going to cover up every gap. We got yeah. both A's, both B's, both C's, all filled with people on the line of scrimmage. And then the middle linebacker goes and clears it up. That's fine if you got Kyle Van Noy. That's fine or, if you got Dante or, Hightower. I was just going to say, yep, exactly. But Bentley is, at least right now, and I'm not going to write him off for good, but right now he's not tackling well enough to play that position. No. And so your whole defense is geared at funnel everything to the inside linebacker, and you don't have the inside linebacker to fulfill that response. No, his, his tackling has not been great. And like you said, you don't want to write him off yet. It's like they're asking him to be Dante Hightower. They're asking him to be one of these guys, and it's like this dude was—he played a partial role last year, and he was okay. Like he wasn't anything great. Now you're like, okay, we want you to call the defense. We want you to basically be the only guy in the middle, and it's that's it. And it's like you are putting a ton on this guy. And the thing I don't understand is 
Bill Belichick forever outside of the past two years probably has been somebody that gets linebackers that are like 250, 260 pounds, almost to a fault. He's gotten guys that are too big yeah. for the new, you know, for the new NFL, right? You know, the passing backs and all this stuff. And, you know, over the years, he's had so many, you know, Brian Cox and Gerard Mayo and um, all whoever the hell else. Uh, big <laughs> Ted, Dread Ted Bucks. Johnson. Ted Johnson, Teddy Bruschi, you know, all these 250-pound guys. And now it's like, okay, now you're fine with drafting, bringing in two safeties and putting them at well, middle linebacker. I mean, it's like you've gone so far the other way. And I wonder how much of it is his son's influence. Because it doesn't seem like Bill Belichick's, you know, obviously he's making the decisions, he's in charge of the defense, but it doesn't seem like something that he would love to do because it goes against what he's always done. You know what I mean? It does go against, yeah, this is a team that that absolutely torched the San Diego Chargers back when they were in San Diego in the playoffs a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. you, using the running game against yep. the 6-7 defensive back look, a team that featured Adrian Phillips at linebacker. right. Right, and now they they already torched it going the other way, and years later they're like, you know what, that's a good idea. It's the way to go. <laughs> yeah, and what's it happening? It doesn't make a lot of sense. I I understand why you would think uh, Steve Belichick, where really the the defensive brain trust with this team is Belichick, Belichick, and Gerard Mayo, and mm-hmm. it's really hard to believe just by watch. I mean, just by watching Gerard Mayo play football, that he's going to be like, yeah, put the small guy in, like right. I, I find exactly. that hard to believe, but it's almost, it's like, I almost have a, an idea that Steve Belichick came. He's like, dad, guess what? I got the greatest idea. You know, we're always so worried about everyone passing on us and the Kansas city chiefs. Why don't we just keep safeties at middle linebacker? He's like, Oh, maybe we'll try. Give it a shot. Cause it's like, he would like Shalik Calhoun is almost a, fr- a little big, but almost the frame of a linebacker that he's had. The, like Brandon spikes, Brandon spikes was like two sixty five. That's a perfect. Like, yeah, why didn't we bring him up? <laughs> I was trying to find his name and I, I was blanking on it. But Brandon like, Spike. you know, that's the thing I don't understand. Like, you've always gone to trended towards these big guys, and yes, you're definitely light on depth. There's no doubt in my mind. But like, John Simon's like Brandon Spike size. Yeah, and those guys they have limitations, and it's not. We're not talking. Nobody's talking about every down. Nobody's talking no. about that. But we're talking about having that in your tool belt to make the adjustment in games when you're getting torched between between the tackles, where right. you can't put anybody on the ground. Put Shalik Calhoun in there. You've done it many times in the past. Rob Ninkovich was an edge player. They turned him into an off-ball linebacker. He went back to a defensive end afterwards. They moved Kyle around. Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy. Uh, dra- Spent college as an edge player, tried to be an off-ball linebacker with the Lions. He came over to the Patriots, and he did a little bit of both. Mike Vrabel, drafted as defensive end, became an outside linebacker, then uh, a middle linebacker, back to outside. They moved these edge players to the inside and have done it over the years. Adelius Thomas. Yeah, that's a bad example. No, but I mean, they they (laughs) always, my point is, they always were doing it. Right, they, and it's they like, brought people from the defensive line, namely edge players, to the inside linebacker position, and now they, they've completely... We, we said it's happened for a handful of plays. That's really all it's happened for this, this year, is a handful of plays, where it needs to be a staple. Yeah, I mean, you when they're running first and second down... They're, every time! And, and they just get... They're getting first downs every single time. It's And you, you just stick... like. The first drive, they just ran us, ran it down our throats, and you're like, "Oh my god!" They didn't adjust for the run. The Bills, they don't know how to. 
they don't know how to stop it. They had 190 yards on the ground. And it's and they're one of the they they average over five yards a carry and they're oh, one of the you know I can't say the worst running team in the league but they're not it's not a strength of theirs it's not a strength and yeah the running backs average six Josh Allen actually brought them down and right. going into this we were worried about Josh Allen as a runner they they ran the ball twice as many times as they threw it yeah that, why, that's why what not? they were going to but that's what Belichick was doing he was forcing them to run the ball because he thought that was going to help them. Right, but all the, it, part of the complimentary football game he's trying to play. And what we've talked about in the past, like you know, when you have these great quarterbacks, you know, Peyton Manning was the one he came up with the defense for. Let them run the ball, give them the run. The problem is back then when you would give these guys the run, or you know, um, like Mahomes, they did it a couple of years ago. They give these guys the run, but the difference was you weren't giving up eight to ten yards, you know. On the carries, like maybe they'd have one or two big runs a game, but you were stopping them with three, four yards, three, four, five. You know what I mean? And another point to to definitely drive home is that right now on this team, the defensive backfield, even with Gilmore on the sideline like he was. It's disgusting. It's still the strength of this team. So instead of forcing somebody, like dictating that they should run the ball by putting safeties at linebacker, you should dictate that they throw the ball while still putting five, maybe even six defensive backs. Those are some of your best players. Definitely five Mm, uh, on the field. But you could put bigger meat at linebacker. Right. Even if you only have six guys in the box, have six big guys. Right. And, I mean, when they did these things in the past where they were, like you said, when they're forcing teams to run, they weren't forcing teams to run by putting someone that was 220 pounds or 200 pounds in one of these spots. There was still a linebacker there. You yeah. still had Dante Hightower or Gerard Mayo or whoever the hell it was at the time. Kyle Van Noy there. There just weren't many of them. You know, there was only six guys, seven guys in the box, but they could all tackle and they were all in position. It wasn't like, okay, we're going to put, you know, we're going to make them run because we're having two tiny little guys in the middle that they can run over. No, those two guys before would have been some big boys that could make tackles. So it sounds like we solved that one. Well, I don't, I mean, but that's I feel the like frustrating we solved part, this right? last time. And why haven't they, the thing is, why haven't they adjusted at all to it? Couldn't tell you. That's the thing that's crazy. I mean, okay, so they what the, the first half they run for a hundred yards last game. It's like great. So here we go again, and it's why haven't you tried tried something else? Just put somebody. It's clearly as almost as bad as it gets. Yeah. I mean, when you have Devin McCourty like trying to take on most of the tackles, just getting run over. Clearly, it's really bad. I mean, you have like you said, guys in the secondary that are really good, and they're good tacklers. They're you know they're not gonna give up a big home run run all the time. You know, you have that last layer of defense. You need people in front of them. Patriots are currently 27th in the NFL in rushing defense. I'm surprised we're even that good. 27th. Uh, yeah, so it's it's an ongoing issue. And, and like we said before, it's going to be a, a defining issue against some of these teams, namely the Ravens. Uh, luckily, coming up next week, and we'll talk more about this later, but the Jets are coming to town. So that's not going to be such an issue this week specifically let's talk more about this game let's shift over to the offensive side we got on cam newton pretty hard last week he got benched a couple weeks ago i mean he got benched last week against the niners Mm. he had a really difficult game really shitty game to be honest against the broncos this game was like let's make sure something happens uh Let's make sure there's some progress for Cam coming back from COVID. 
First play of the game, they throw it to the right flat. It's like they were reading NFL Twitter. I was like, Cam can't throw right. He never yeah. does it. So they did that right away. They actually did it to start the third quarter as well. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Go figure. Uh, but once again, it was one of those games where it was up and down, passing the ball. We knew it was going to be a real big problem with Edelman and Nikhil Harry both out of the game. They uh, inactivated Devin CSC to go with Dalton Keene instead. Ryan Izzo was out there for a ton of plays. which Dalton Keene was inactive too. That Dalton Keene was inactive? Yeah, we only had one tight end suited up. That's right. That's right. Okay, man. Which is amazing to me because on that note, Dalton Keene had one reception last game, and he looked better with the ball, catching the ball and with the ball in his hands than Ryan Izzo has looked all year. Ryan Izzo is out there to block, and he's not good at it, but that's why he's out there. Yeah, well, exactly. So why don't you throw someone else out there? At some point, they, they put a tackle in there, and I was like, yes, at least admit what this guy is doing. Admit yeah. that he's a blocker and put a blocker in there. Because every other team knows he's in there to block, too. If you know he's in there to block, the NFL scouts know he's in there to block. I would hope so. So things started out pretty slowly for them offensively. They, they weren't able to get anything going in the first quarter. And then they started to figure it out uh, right before halftime and then into the end of the third quarter. And the thing that definitely stood out, I mean, on the stat sheet, but also just visually, Damian Harris in the I formation running left. Player. He's a player. That's it. I mean, they, they must have run that play 10 times. I mean, you, you put Damian Harris in tailback position in the I formation, tight end either on the left or the right, didn't really matter, mm. and then ran it left every single time. Run it left. Run it left. Yeah. And it was just like eight yards a clip. He, he killed it. I mean, part of me was a little disappointed because I don't know why they didn't get him going sooner. Well, they, it, took a, it took a minute to figure it out, and once they figured it out, they hammered it. Yeah, no, they did. I mean, 16 carries for 102 yards. He's averaged 6.4 yards carry, and he didn't have – it's not like that average is thrown off by, like, an 80-yard run or something. Like, he didn't have that. Everything was 5 yards, 10 yards, like, over and over, you know? Meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes, killing it. They had no no answer for it, and I was a little bummed that they didn't give him the ball more in that last drive. That's exactly where I wanted to go with this. So I, we're watching the last drive. They get the ball back with four minutes to go. They need a field goal to tie, touchdown to take the lead. And they actually got beyond midfield by about two minutes. And then they, it was like, what was great is I'm, I'm always so pissed at teams when they settle for a deep field goal in that situation. Mm-hmm. So they were, they were going for the win. It was great. And I was just out there like, why is Rex Burkett on the field? Why is James White on the field? Damian Harris is our best player right now. Given the ball on our best play over and over again, and they wouldn't do it. And then, I mean, I, I, I didn't hate the play calls. I usually hate the play calls in those situations. Didn't hate them this time, but it was yeah. missing that element that was your best play. It was your most unstoppable play that day. And I I don't know if it would have changed things. I mean, you, you put the the ball in the hands of a guy who's who's played like three, four games in his whole career versus a guy like Cam Newton. I don't know mm-hmm. who's got better ball security there. But I'm just saying yeah. that was our best play that day, and we didn't go to it. Most crucial situation. Yeah, and I that that's what I don't understand. It's like they're it's clear and obvious to at least me, you, other people I've talked to that Damian Harris is the most explosive player on the offense right now. He's the only thing that can get things going, or at least can start you know kickstart things to get going. And it's almost like they are like they don't want to use him too much or something. They like they like he's got a snap count or a carry count or something. Where they're like, you know, 
he's got he's had 15 carries. We 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 just can't we we can't have him out there. It's too much. It's like why why does it feel like that? You know what I mean? I I get what you're saying. I think the the 49ers game they started pretty heavy with Damian Harris and then they decided to go a different direction because it wasn't working. Yeah. In this game, it was kind of similar, but then they went back to it, and then it was really worse. Yeah, and like, I don't they, know why they don't... Oh, I'm sorry, what? Just that they, they have a number of running backs, and they want to try them all out. Some days, Rex Burkett is really good. He had one really good play where he got that first down. Remember that? That was really good, where yeah. He, you couldn't run that play any better, given the defense they were playing. Yeah, no, uh, that was... I mean, he's run hard. I'll, I'll, I'll give him, you know... So I think they, they want to give him chances. This is not a Dalvin Cook situation, where it's like... If you're not handing the ball to 33, you're screwing up if you're the Vikings. Right. Uh, but, I mean, he got 16 carries. He had 20 a couple of weeks ago. I think they're working him, but it's it's to the point now where, I mean, it's it's clear to you, clear clearly. It's it's yeah. definitely obvious to me as well that Damian Harris is the best running back from an eye formation. If they're going out of the shotgun, I totally get if you want to put Burkhead or James White in there. Sure. But if you're but putting I mean, even, him deep in the formation, put in Damian Harris every single time. Put in Damian Harris. I wouldn't even mind seeing him get a screen. He looked great on a screen a week or two ago. Oh, I'm not saying don't do a screen. I'm just saying out no, of the No, no, I, I know that. I'm saying we they just haven't done it really. It's like they don't they, he's not in the passing game at all. And I feel like that's also another thing. It's like I get it. You have two really good, you know, Rex Burkhead's a good receiving back. James White's like phenomenal receiving back. You don't want to take looks away from them. But that's no reason not to give this kid a look or two on a screen or pass over the middle or a check down or whatever. Definitely. Yeah. And he caught he caught a screen a couple weeks ago. He looked great. And he, he looks very natural. He's he's light years ahead of Sony Michelle already. Well, in Sony the came back department. to practice this week. Did he? Okay. So that's another way to split carries. And the last time we saw Sony, he looked great. He looked terrific against the Raiders. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be a really good one-two punch. That'd be good. And I'd like to see Burkhead and White on the field at the same time. They've done that a few times. They've done that. I mean, why can't you put, like, I don't know why they don't mix and match these guys more often. You know, like, we've seen, I get it, you want a fullback out there, but we've seen good running backs in the past. Marcus Allen went to to fullback just to get on the field. You know what I mean? Who is exactly going to be the fullback in this backfield? Burkhead. Burkhead. Burkhead's like 208. So what? With a history of concussions. That's Sony. not your fullback. Sony is your fullback. But if, Sony is fullback. Damian Harris is running back. I think that would be pretty cool. I, I I like your creativity and your your drive from the past. Marcus Allen played in an era where the split backs formation, you might remember that from Madden yeah. 99. That sure. was a very common formation. And then do you remember when Andy Reid broke it out like a year or two ago? Everyone was like, holy shit, split backs i haven't seen this formation in ages it's where yeah, why don't they do that anymore for you guys in the 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 split backs formation is where you have two backs and they're both behind the tackles one behind the left tackle one behind the right tackle quarterback under center where typically you would have the tight end on one side the fullback on the same side as the tight end and then the halfback on the opposite side you run a ton of sweeps a ton of off tackle counter plays all that stuff uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's an old formation. I would love to see it come back. Why the hell not? You got Cam Newton at quarterback. Put him under. Yeah, it all makes sense to me. You hear that, Bill? Go to split the, backs. Go to split backs. Do Wing it. Wing T split back offense. That's what we want. Damian Harris and Sony Michelle. That would be a good duo back there. Uh, let's let's talk about the receivers for a minute. The we we ran a ton of three wide receiver, and it's like it doesn't matter who the receivers are. They just keep running the same personnel package with three receivers it's like 
Stop doing that. Yeah. We don't have anybody that's good. Jacoby Myers is still pretty good. I mean, he's got the one root. He's no, got, he can play. He's got he is Jordan Matthews 2.0. He runs drags and drags and drags, and that's it. He ran a couple slants. It's the same route, basically. Is it? <laughs> it's just a drag is a rounded off slant. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, that's pretty much what he, And you know what? It works. It works well enough. It's fine. Um, yeah, I mean. But he's a I number thought, three receiver. And they, exa- they, if they he clearly was a miss, number th- they miss yeah, Edelman. Sorry. And what the hell is going on with, I mean, they could use Nikhil Harry. So Nikhil Harry, I want to mention for a sec real, real quick. Because um, I saw a stat that was very interesting. Um, uh, a friend of mine showed me sent this to me so first of all Nikhil Harry has some uh apparently had some serious concussion issues when he was a lot younger he's been outspoken so, about this he has yeah he's been outspoken so about that could that. be an issue for him um but the thing about Nikhil Harry that I thought was really really interesting and I'm I'm trying to find the exact uh piece of it here it is so next gen stats which is you know pretty pretty uh reasonable <laughs> Pretty, you know, pretty advanced, pretty next generation. Pretty next generation. No, I'm just trying to say they're you can you can trust them. They're they're reliable. Yeah, because it's it's all based on data chips. It's all based on data chips. Exactly. So this note was um, average separation per receiver in NFL, which we keep hearing. The Keel Harry's getting zero separation. He's terrible off the line. He can't separate. Well, next gen stats has him averaging three yards per separation. If you don't know what that means, three yards an a, on, for a, uh, an average, compare notable comparison players. Devontae Adams, three yards. Emmanuel Sanders, three yards. Chris Goodwin, three yards. DK Metcalf, 2.9, who's arguably the best receiver in the league right now. Right. <laughs> AJ Brown, also arguably one of the best receivers in the league, 2.7. Julio Jones, 2.7. Okay, so how, how do they calculate? Um... I don't know. Yards of separate is uh, the, what I'm wondering is is Nikhil Harry facing a lot of off coverage where somebody's standing ten yards away from him? I wouldn't think so. It's probably I, I, at the top of the route or at the. the I point assume where, it's at the point of attack, essentially, right? Interesting. Yeah. Well, if he's been lining up on the right side, then Cam Newton doesn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna drive that one home. Yeah, literally. Uh, I mean, you you see something like that in the the little blurb around it goes is it Nikhil Harry's fault or is he in the wrong offense uh, yeah that's a good question uh, and you know we've talked about Josh at length before in some of his boneheaded decisions plane calling wise and just you know outsmarting himself and needing to see these things to drive home to a you know to get a player involved it's like oh we need to see this exactly or you're not getting involved mm-hmm. and it's like you know if the, the DK, you know, everyone talks about DK Metcalf is arguably the best receiver in the league right now. I'd agree. He's looks unstoppable. I mean, he pl- made that ridiculous play where he chased whoever the hell it was all the way down the sidelines after an interception and nailed him. Well, that, that was you know, a defensive play, but go ahead. Defensive, but he's just a freak. He's just a freak is my point. And here's a guy and it's like, okay, he's absolutely lighting it up in Seattle. If he was on this offense, would he be doing, would he be doing that good? And yeah. I, and, and you know, I want. I'm sorry. What were we gonna say? Not, not as, not as good as he's doing. No, that's easy. That's an easy answer. Not as good as he's doing. Well, why? Oh, well, because he's an absolute freak in nature. But they would need him to take the exact, run the exact perfect route to get time to get a look. And it's like, hey, maybe your offense is too fucking confusing. 
if you keep having offensive players come into this offense and no one has a clue what's going on and needs two, three, four years to figure it out, maybe you need, maybe it's a little too much. Tom Brady's no longer here. You know, the guy, the maestro at that offense is no longer here in everyone's writing off Nikhil Harry that he can't play. He can't do this. He's made some good plays. He's made some tough catches. I know, you know, I, neither of us were too pumped to get a concussion off that hit last time. I didn't know he had concussion history. But it's like, for Christ's sake, guys, can you just throw the fucking ball up to him and see if he can get it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They did That's that. what they do to they do that to me. DK Metcalf. Russell Wilson just fucking launches the ball, and DK Metcalf is such a freak that they have no chance. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's it does seem like an unfair comparison to put Nikhil Harry versus DK Metcalf. However, they passed up DK Metcalf in order to take Nikhil Harry, so exactly. so it is yep. a direct comparison. Both bigger receivers, uh, physical specimens. DK is obviously off the charts on every. The they did throw it up a fair amount last year to Nikhil Harry. However, they were doing this in his first three games, and where then that was, was it. the only plays that they were designing for him or even giving him a chance on were you know run the fade. We're going to throw it up. Are you a jump ball receiver? Yes or no. And then after that, they figured out put the ball in his hands. He's actually good with the ball in his hands. This year, neither one of those has taken place. I have no explanation for it. It sounds like the stats bear out that he should be getting more targets. I cannot explain why he only gets one target in a game against the Broncos. That makes no sense to me. No. And like you said, yeah, the they used the end arounds to him or the wide receiver screens or just non-existent. The pass at the line. He was successful at that stuff. He could make that happen. They tried that like once or twice this year. Didn't work out. They're like, oh, can't do that anymore. He's done. The just the fade down the sideline, you know, ten or twenty yard fade down the sideline where you throw it over the defender's head and he catches it. He looked, pre- he you know, like you said, limited time last year. He did it a few times, connected on it once or twice. I think it was like a penalty on the the best one he had, and you're like, oh, he can do that. What happened? To- Nothing this year. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a fair point, and we can. I mean, just just based on the fact that. You and I can watch these games as an amateur and go, Demir Bird is going to run a comeback route. He's yeah. running a comeback route. Every time or you, you watch a play action, you go, okay, they're throwing the slant to the backside. Or yeah. I mean, or you just you look at the situation, you go, it's third and 12. They got shotgun with James White next to him. They're running a, a, a screen to James White. It's like, be more imaginative. Take more chances. You're two and fucking five. Yeah, I know. What, like, what are we holding on? Like, what are we playing so conservatively for? I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, I mean, I'll, I, a lot of it from, I mean, I so many conflicting thoughts about it, but right. Cam Newton not being able to buy any time despite being Cam Newton drives me nuts. Cam Newton not getting the ball out of his hands within three seconds drives me nuts. Like, throw it yeah. on. Do your first and read. I, like, do be closer to young Josh Allen where yeah. it was one read and run it. Right. Like, much closer to that, and I understand that they're – Injury concerns of the guy in his 30s and taking mm-hmm. hits and, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but, yeah, the, the offense is incredibly frustrating right now. So let's just put it in a tackle at tight end, give the ball to Damian Harris, and then throw it deep every once in a while. And that's that. Right. I mean, so I want to mention Cam, talking about Cam Newton in just a sec as well. But like, like you said, it's like we're playing. I understand Bill Belichick's plan is like, okay, I want a quarterback right now that can play conservative football, not going to turn the ball over. You know, we're not going to take any unnecessary risks that might turn lead to a turnover and all that. And yes, that's all great and fantastic. But when you're two and four or two and five, 
in it's not like you're not trying to not screw up so you can make some kind of like the run is almost over you need to start making the run immediately and like you said take some fucking chances you have the safeties are cheating so far inside down in the fucking box because they know we're not we we're not going to go over the top we're just not going to do it it's not going to happen not going to never going to do it you're going to put the guys in the box and make everything much more congested in the middle of the field, which is, you know, all those little bread and butter plays become a lot harder to do. But we're still running the ball on them, which is a good sign. It's positive. Our offensive line is still manhandling stuff. I saw uh, the same dude that sent me um, the stat on Harry also sent me this thing. PFF has graded Awenu as the best rookie of the, the rookie of the year right now. Yeah, I would love to see him get that, that award. I mean, he's kicking ass. <laughs> Imagine he's that. out there. Yeah, he's out there in as a guard or a tackle and you don't notice him in a good way. Like he's not making mistakes. Yeah. And he's played three different positions already this year in less I mean, than a half kid, a season of his rookie year with no training camp. Well, limited, yeah. no mini camp, I should say. I don't know how the hell he fell to the sixth round, but kid's a fucking player. He's a beast. Um, Their offensive line is there's no holes when, no, they're when very they're healthy good like they're healthy. are right now. They're set. Yeah. So keep running the ball. Take some risks, make some plays. I mean, I know a couple of weeks ago they were doing the trick plays and that, seem to help a little bit it's like you know you know it doesn't have to be a trick play but take a shot downfield throw it up to these guys let them make a play and for cam newton in this game um the first half was pretty bad i thought the second half you know he was he had an internal clock in his head this game i don't know if you noticed that but after three seconds after his first or second read he started looking over his shoulder making sure he wasn't there wasn't pressure on him he which ro- i think is a great he, step in the right direction yeah he rolled out right a couple times he rolled out right. <laughs> that was he nice. He threw the ball away. Yep, that was huge. Which I, you know, and these are, it's funny that this is what we're getting excited about, but on a two and five football team, it's like, hey, he did, instead of making the mistakes and trying to continue the, the you know, prolong the play to make something happen, he's ditching it quicker, which is nice. He's throwing it away. He's checking. He's looking over his shoulder. Okay, maybe I can, and he did. And he ran a little bit on that. You know, a couple running plays where he was doing that, and it wasn't a designed running play. It was just, oh, he's going to pass first, and oh, there's nothing. First read, not there. Check down, not there. I'm going to run it, which is great. And which brings me to the final play of the fumble, where we really hadn't run money designed plays outside of like a third and one or third and short once or twice all game. And then that was Damian Harris's play where it was a run to the left. And it's like, you should have either given that to Damian Harris or made it look like he was going to fucking throw it and then have him. I don't have a problem with that play call. That QB sweep don't. left. Uh, they, they had some designed runs for Cam Newton in the first quarter, but they did go away from it in the middle two quarters. Yeah, because it wasn't working. But it worked on that play. It worked really well. He just didn't hang on to the ball. And you saw how much it crushed him. It crushed him. It crushed him. I mean, he is competitive. I mean, he's trying. I don't. I'm not take. It's not like he's like sagging his head, like, "Oh, I don't want to be here." He knows his career is pretty much on the line, yeah. And he's got to start so playing the, like it. So it's the goddamn season. Yeah. So I mean, I feel like you know people are writing this season off. We've seen. I've seen. You know, I'll, I'll bring up the 2007 Giants. They were like 0 and six or something. Something like that. It was. They would have liked to be at two and five. They were like the worst football team of the year. They were a laughing joke. <laughs> now I am not saying that we are going to put it together like them or you know anything, but I'm my point being 
if you can figure, there's enough talent. Everyone's talking about there's no talent. There's some talent on this team. It's the not front like seven the, doesn't have enough. The front seven doesn't have enough. But they could. They have a couple pieces, as we've talked about. If they play, play around and try and puzzle it together, you could figure it out. What's good is that come playoff time, this team, depending on the matchup, can match up well with with other teams, such as the Steelers. Defensively, they can match up with the Steelers' offense. Defensively, they do as good a job as pretty much anybody at matching up with the Chiefs' offense. So there's mm-hmm. there is a pathway where they could beat playoff teams. Now, if they face Baltimore, if they face Tennessee, they're probably going to get fucked up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think well, as you said, we're going to get to the Jets next week, and I don't want to jump over them. But just a, a quick mention of the Ravens game is you know nobody expects you to win that game. That would be a perfect game if you know if you beat the jets as we're going to talk about in a minute which we hope to that'd be a perfect game to test out what you can do against a run you know for a run defense that might work you are absolutely right because they're not running the ball they're not throwing the ball very well and they're just the team the games they're winning they're running over people and it's like hey you're probably not going to win this fucking game so why don't you throw every the kitchen sink at it with run defenses and figure out who the fuck can stand over the middle and play linebacker for Christ's sake, anybody. For and if they suck, loud. they suck. We'll at least say, "Oh yeah, you know what? None of the, Simon can't play over the middle. Um, none of them. Cart- Rivers can't play over the middle. Whatever." <laughs> but yes, that's a good opportunity to try it out. Now you mentioned before the the run is over. That's the end of the run. Belichick. I've never heard him speak like this the way he did in the last two weeks. This yeah. week he came out and said, "You know, we don't have the depth we're used to. We're we sold out over the last few years, and we won three Super Bowls. And he's like, our salary cap was all jacked up. They're, they have like 20 or $30 million in dead cap. Uh, they've been carrying dead cap almost every year, a, a, mm-hmm. a substantial chunk each year, not nearly as much as they are this year. Thank you, Antonio Brown and Brady. Uh, but he said, we don't have the depth. Salary cap, we kind of jacked up. Uh, the, the biggest blunder that you can lay directly at the feet of Belichick and say this is you know this is a direct mistake uh is the way a lot of the drafts have turned out yes which we can pick up in a sec but if they don't make the playoffs this year does that mean the run is over I guess I don't know what 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 defines a run I suppose a run is like those stats per season per season right I think it's per season so it's not like you can't just say oh yeah besides that one year unless that one year was Tom Brady in 2008 getting getting injured, you know, like yeah. besides that year where that run was still going. You know, they won 11 games that year. But I suppose if they lose, if they don't make the playoffs this season, especially with an expanded playoff roster, I mean, expanded playoff slate, and especially mm. if they have a losing record, I mean, that's, that's the end of the run, right? You're talking about like the dynasty run? They could still pick it right back up next year. I mean, I'd, sure. If they, I mean, I'm more talking about this season. I mean, Brady left, so I feel like that's the end of that era, anyways. Yeah, that's true. You know, um, but like the end of Belichick's era. No, as long as he's here, that's still the Belichick era. Right. I mean, but he's got to start putting together real fucking fast because his whole idea was, I don't need to spend money on a quarterback, and it's like, oh no. Well, you could or, have you could have a down season. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs in 02, 08, and. 2000 sure. they went five and 11 that was belichick era you're right but you know three three and 13 looks pretty fucking bad or four and 12 looks pretty you know they have the jets under- two more times they're not going three okay well 
under 500 is not good. It's not a good look by any means. And, you know, he's making these excuses and he's saying these things, which is always never, Bill never really makes excuses and says this stuff. And I mean, you're right. It's really just a reflection of the draft because the whole point, and I've heard other people say this, is, um, you know, yeah, you're going to get into salary cap issues and that's going to happen. You, you're you going to sell out for Super Bowls. The thing that patches that up and makes it not as hard of a fall is when you draft right because now you have cheap talent. Right. Right. You know, uh, and someone made this example. Um, I want to say. I could point out a couple teams right now. Yeah, I mean, this one. Someone the pointed Saints. out the Saints. They sucked a year, and then they made a great draft, and it was all good. The Saints have been in cap hell for the better part of this decade, and yet they keep, you know, they keep hitting. They hit on Cam Jordan. They hit on Alvin Kamara. They they bring in Taysom Hill out of nowhere. They've been hitting on these people consistently in a way that the Patriots really haven't in years. I mean, you you look at the 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 last. You could go like six years back. Really, there hasn't been much. There's been almost nothing in the top two rounds. There's been more undrafted starters than drafted starters. Yeah, you almost. look at some of the best players that they've that they've come up with. It's like your Malcolm Butlers, it's Jonathan Jones, uh, Shaq Mason, fourth round JC pick, Jackson, John, Joe Tooney in the third round, J.C. Jackson undrafted. Yeah, great. David example. Andrews undrafted. Yeah, there's a, so many of those people are are not being taken at the top of the round, and usually in the first round you're getting people that you know are good. You don't know if they're going to be great. Sometimes they're great, but you know they're good. And they can we, play. They can we, start in the NFL. And that's just not what we've seen. And no. so, a lot of the people come in fairly highly touted. A lot of people had Nikhil Harry, the number one receiver in that draft. A lot of people had Malcolm Brown, really really high. Same with Dominic Easley. Injuries were an, a factor there. Hell, oh, wouldn't you like Malcolm Brown night right now? I would I love Malcolm Brown. He's playing meaningful downs for the Saints. Uh, another team you know, that's, it, that's been in cap hell, the Steelers, and you just look over there and you're like, how do you keep pumping out receivers at this rate? And then you look defensively, yeah, Bud Dupree, say what you want about him. Maybe he's not great, but he's serviceable. And then mm-hmm. opposite him, TJ Watt is outstanding. He's unbelievable. Yeah. You got yeah. Devin Bush in the middle. I mean, Ryan Shazier before the injury was tremendous. He was a high pick. And then you look at it this year, all the linebackers that are playing that are doing well. Patrick Queen for the Ravens. I mean, I think you want to pick before you maybe or something or maybe a pick after. You traded out of it. You got Kyle Ducker at safety. I know, you know, we've seen some flashes of him. He looks like he belongs. We haven't seen enough of him to really say one way or the other. But you have a guy, what's it, Chin in Philadelphia at safety who was drafted in the late second round who is there's like the best player on the Eagles. <laughs> I mean, it's not saying much because the Eagles, but like, there you go. He is a dumb. He's you watch him play. He's a really fucking good player. He's in there. He's making great reads in the secondary. They're talking about him on the broadcast like he's one of the best safeties in the fucking league. Yeah, and at the same time, you have to give them credit for Unmenwu. You have to give them credit right. for J.C. Jackson, who is he looks like a number one corner. I mean, he was. Oh, he's on. He's great. He's fantastic. He was. He was doing a really good job in Stephon Diggs. Diggs got away. It was another one of those plays where it's like, how can nobody tackle? Uh, but J.C. Jackson, fantastic. Jonathan Jones, fantastic. They, they, they have put together a lot of really good, talented people and developed them for, for little to no money on late draft picks, undrafted situations. But at the top of the draft, they have been fucking it up. And, up. and you have to hold Belichick accountable for that. However, these people... 
some people are out there saying you should fire Belichick, the GM. And I'm sitting there like, what are you talking about? Do you yeah. think you can fire Belichick, the GM, and he's just going to be like, okay. Like, yeah, I'll coach for you. He's going to be like, yeah, okay, I guess I'll just continue being the coach. Bill Parcells left the Patriots after a much less historical tenure because of this exact issue. He's He would never do that. He'll just be yeah. like, okay, well, that sucks. I'll go somewhere else where I could do both things. You know, it's more the GM Belichick in the past six years, I feel like, is a lot different from the GM Belichick in the first 10, where he also had Scott Pioli, and I don't know if Scott Pioli was the guy that could tell him yes or no type of thing, and Bill would listen to him, and now it's just the fact that no one listens to him or something. But I I almost feel like Bill hasn't really taken the combine and the draft very seriously in the past couple of years. And I say that as an example. I think it was last year or the year before the combine started, and everyone goes, oh, great, the combine started, and all the coaches are there, and they got their little notepads, and they're getting ready. And where's Bill Belichick? Oh, Bill is actually performing a one-on-one workout with a guy from a school that nobody has a fucking clue where it's from. And guess what? We don't, He's not even on the team. We never drafted him. We never got him. Bill just went out there to look at this one dude that was a DN that nobody knows about and is not even in the NFL, and that's where he was. And he had the big shit-eating grin on his face in the rain twiz- twirling his whistle while this kid's doing workouts. F- for what? Is he is he trolling the rest of the NFL there? Because that's the only thing I can under- think he's doing. Maybe. The guy's not on the team. We didn't draft him. And meanwhile, all, everyone's going nuts for these, you know, for the combine. And yeah, that'd be great and funny and you could rub it in everyone's face if you picked well. But you picked like fucking shit that year. So, you know, maybe he's... I, I know we keep winning Super Bowls and the, the combine's right after, you know, pretty quickly after the Super Bowl. And we're always in it till the end and maybe he wants to relax and stuff. Maybe that's factoring in. He's older. He can't handle the grind or something. But it's like somebody's got to take these drafts a little bit more seriously. Yeah, I could see that. The other thing that never gets brought up is the free agents that get brought in and you know like how 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 Jason McCourty basically won a Super Bowl for the Patriots by swatting that pass away in the end zone yeah. against the Rams it's like that yeah. just doesn't come up people don't factor that in no oh, i mean everyone it's a, he's you focus he's, on the the, the high bad. profile things which are you did this really bad and then people like us or me more specifically are saying look how great JC Jackson is and oh obviously like, and it, you know i i agree obviously too it's he's somewhere made in the middle. plenty of great moves it's just more of a fact. For me, on my end, it's almost like he doesn't give a shit about the draft sometimes. Like when he's packaging these picks with like Andy Reid, it's like, are you actually like invest? I know you're invested. I, I don't question that. It's like, but are you just more having fun? The Thinking that you can get a guy anywhere, <laughs> it really doesn't matter. The trading down thing, usually I'm, I'm in favor of it. But when you bring up things like Patrick Queen, I mean, Patrick Queen's only like 230. He's... He doesn't fit that classic Belichick mold for an inside backer off the ball. But there were a lot of really good players available at that first draft pick, yeah. and they traded back. It makes me convinced by the way that things played out that they would have taken Kyle Duggar at that spot, especially yeah, I, agree. I agree with you. when you take Kyle Duggar at 37, I want to say, and Cole Komet. Where's he been, by the way? Duggar was, he was inactive last week. He was injured. Uh, I don't see anything on the injury report this week about him. I wonder. The IRs got me all screwed up this year because you could put unlimited people on there and they're out for three weeks and then they come back. So he might be on the IR. I'm not sure. Uh, 
but, I don't, I don't at, hearing about that, but when yeah. they when they pick Kyle Duggar, you look right behind him, and there's so many guys. It was just like just take Cole Komet. He's six five, two sixty five, tight end, inline, spread him out against the you go you go play him. He's a, your classic Y tight end out of Notre Dame, and it's like mm-hmm. didn't take him. Not I'm not saying not sitting here saying Cole Komet's lighting the league on fire as a. I'm just saying he's a he's a viable legit tight end and we don't have one we don't have a single one you just haven't addressed the position in years okay we're let's move on the some of the other games this weekend uh it was upset weekend all over the place tennessee goes down to joe burrow way to go way to go Bengals. the browns get absolutely shut down against the raiders not saying it was an offensive firepower game for the raiders side but the browns just nothing there i we got on here last week got it I had it, the thought in my head that without Odell Beckham, they'll be better on offense. Yeah, that didn't work out. That was a thought. Uh, Minnesota beats Green Bay in Green Bay in a game that Dalvin Cook looks like you're, you're not allowed to put him on the ground. Four touchdowns. He's so he's so weird because he doesn't look special. Like you look no, at you, you look yeah, at Derrick Henry, right. you're like that dude's a freak. Look at him, he looks special. Dalvin Cook doesn't look dazzling in any way whatsoever. But somehow he dazzles. But yeah, finishing my thought. Uh, the Jets beat the Chiefs. Wait, nope. <laughs> yeah. Got smacked down. I don't know what the line turned out to be in that game, but the Chiefs win by 26 points, so fair to say they covered. Yep, um, that's 20. The Rams go into Miami. Tua's first start. Tua threw for like 94 yards or something. That was what he threw, but the Rams turned the ball over like four times in the first half. Yeah. Uh, one of those went for a TD. The others were short fields. So the, the Dolphins, I actually picked that game. Uh, happy about that. I won't tell there you, you which ones I missed on almost everything else. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh went into Baltimore. Very, very interested in this game. And I think it played out pretty close to what I had expected, at least, where I know Pittsburgh is one of the top three run defenses in the NFL. Mm-hmm. The Ravens do not do well when they're not allowed to do that. When they're not, when they, when they cannot run the ball effectively and efficiently, and especially when they cannot get a 10-point lead inside the first half. They're just, they're just fucked. And they, they could have won that game. They were very, mm-hmm. very close at the end. Yep. Okay, thanks for the analysis. The no, I mean, I, I didn't get to see a lot of the game. I I know Baltimore doesn't have it this year. No, it doesn't seem like it, right? Uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, my brother's the biggest Lamar Jackson fan, and he's even down on Lamar Jackson. He's like, oh, I'd probably take Justin Herbert over Lamar Jackson this year. And I was like, what? Because he loves Lamar Jackson. And he's not throwing the ball well. They don't have a lot of downfield talent. I I was surprised they worked themselves back into the game because I know Pittsburgh was up, right? They were up. Yep. Yeah. Um, they keep was letting people to, back in. The Steelers do. They did it with the know, Titans. And I always shit on the Steelers in the past, you know, because of their defense was so bad. But this year they've got a great defense. I think they're the favorite in the NFL. I mean, I know it's obvious they're seven and zero. You don't think so? No, it's the Chiefs. You could see me shaking my head. Yeah, I can see you shaking it's your head. It's the Chiefs. I think it's Pittsburgh. It's the Chiefs, I think it's Pitt- man. No, I think it's Pittsburgh. Um, um, their defense. The Chiefs don't have a defense. I would, I would buy Pittsburgh, except for the way their defense has been playing in the fourth quarter against these teams. Fair enough. I really haven't seen much of their team in the fourth quarter. I mean, the, the Titans could have could have brought that game to overtime if Goskowski could could make the kick at the end. Know, the right. Ravens had the ball inside the ten yard line. I mean, you're you're talking about games where. It could have gone the other way easily, and and they had big leads. And if you're going to rely on a defense, the defense needs to shut them down. They can't rely on o- offensive mistakes from the opposition. Yep. Okay. Well, we'll see about that. 
Okay. The Rams went into Denver. I mean, not the Rams. The Los Angeles thing's throwing me off. Chargers into Denver. I was watching this game for for a bit. And uh, just Chargers. It's just, I mean, it doesn't matter who's the quarterback of the Chargers. It's just fourth quarter, fall apart. Fall apart. Look at that. <laughs> In sync. In That's sync. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And Anthony Lynn. I mean, do you have to do fresh press conferences with Anthony Lynn? Can you just repeat it every week? He's like, you know, we had a good first three quarters, but then we got in the fourth, and ah, geez, I don't know. I mean, it's a good team over there. You give them credit, and we suck, and move on. It's just like, why is that guy still coaching? Yeah, literally. I mean, and it's it's just it looked they look great for so for stretches. Like you're like, wow, this is a really good team. And then and no. it's like, nope. How I I stopped watching the game. It's like, how did Denver beat you? But whatever. They were they were up twenty. The the Saints go into Chicago in a game where if this happens in December, it's got big problems for the Saints being a dome team. Mm-hmm. Chicago just plays close games repeatedly. That offense is horrendous to watch. The Bears, I mean. Terrible. Terrible. It's infuriating. David Montgomery, I love how he moves laterally. I'm convinced he could shuffle faster than he can run straight. He moves <laughs> better side to side than he does straight and back. The Interesting. Allen Robinson is... He might be my favorite player in the NFL. He's like 6'3". What? He's a jump ball specialist, and he runs roots like he's a slot receiver. You like Allen Robinson that much? I love Allen Robinson. He's incredible. Oh, he catches well, everything. He lays out for it. He's got one of the biggest catch radiuses in the whole league, uh, and he's just been plagued with horrendous, horrendous quarterbacks forever. The Saints are lucky to win this game. They've been lucky to win most of their games. Most of their They do not look good. That's I don't know a, how they keep winning. A team that a lot of people had in the Super Bowl, potential Super Bowl champions, and there's just not a lot there. I mean, Drew, Drew Brees, everyone, he's making a ton out of it that he's played more games than he's thrown balls more than 20 yards downfield, and that's a good thing to bring up. He's not doing it. No, he's not playing well. And I know Michael Thomas hasn't been there, but Michael Thomas is a guy that gets targeted 200 times a season. He's not a guy that goes deep constantly. Right. It's just, it's not there for them. I, I mean, for him, for, sorry, for Brees, you know, everyone's like, oh, look what, Bra- I mean, Brady is just lighting it up and he's 43. And you're thinking that's the new new way of the quarterback? No. To so see, Drew Brees is the closest in age to him and he looks like an old man. Brady looks like he's younger than Brady's for Christ's sake. Brady looks phenomenal. He's what whatever they're putting into his hair follicles, they're also putting into his right shoulder because his arm strength looks tremendous. It's ridiculous. He is firing the ball. Yeah, he he throws like, absolute BBs. Didn't he? Bra- I think he broke Chris Godwin's hand or finger. My goodness, I'm throwing it too fast. Yeah, luckily he's got replacements coming in. Antonio Brown joining the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, just to, just to wrap up some of the games from Sunday, the. Uh, San Francisco 49ers continue to just get beat over the head with the injury mallet. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo out for at least six weeks. Jim, uh, George Kittle, eight weeks, not to mention all, all the injuries they've sustained thus far. I don't even know how they keep finding these running backs, but Jarek McKinnon can't get on the field because <laughs> they have like... Because the undrafted guys keep beating them out. And they keep beating them out. And this is the guy that's making $7 million to, to sit on the bench. Uh, that's crazy he's making that money. Yeah, he made 21 over three. Got injured the first two seasons. Uh, Dallas goes into Philadelphia and just looks like garbage. And their quarterback, whatever his name is, Danucci, he's already third string. So practice squad. Uh, they brought yeah. in two new guys. The Eagles... That game was even closer than it should have been, even though the Eagles were in hand the whole time. It's just that that division's a train wreck. It's terrible. 
and then the another team from that division, the Giants, had a chance to beat the Buccaneers on Monday night. They were up in the first half. They were close in the fourth quarter. They get it all the way down and need a two-point conversion. That That final drive was hilarious. I don't know if you were able to see that, but it was like the Giants would shoot themselves in the foot three downs in a row, and on fourth down, they would miraculously convert. And no, yeah, I did see that. They did Classic like Giants. Two, three times down the field, they get the touchdown. And then uh, I'm watching the two-point conversion. As soon as they line up in the formation, I'm like, throw to the running back in the flat. And sure enough, that's where he goes. And Daniel Jones is stuck looking in the middle for an extra second. He gets over there late. Antoine Winfield bats it away. They pick up the pass interference flag. I think that the Giants just fucked up. Mm. It was close, but uh, good yeah, week they played of tougher than anybody else in their fucking division. Yeah, right. Now the Buccaneers will be facing the the Saints in Tampa outdoors. Uh, that's going to be a game for the lead in that division. The Bucks really need to win that so they don't have the the deficit on the head-to-head matchup, which will play out for the division lead going forward. But like we said, Brady looked good. Antonio Brown just got activated. Chris Godwin might be back. I'm not sure, but everything looks pretty damn good for the Bucks. Yeah. And then this uh, week, the Patriots. Well, the tables turn. The Patriots are facing the Jets, and we we joked last week about should do we want them to be facing the Jets yet and let them get their mojo back? But I feel like they got some competitive juices flowing last week. They got a little bit of momentum back after the train wreck that was the previous two games against the Broncos and Niners, and this is just an opportunity for for them to kick somebody in the teeth and and really get their spirits up. They have to. I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say on this game because this is the what are they, 0-8 or 0-7? 0-7. The 0-7 Jets. I mean, doesn't look like they're going to get a win outside of maybe the Patriots or Miami. I mean, those are the only bad teams left on the schedule. <laughs> can't they're even not, finish the sentence. They, I mean, it, I can't even name like more than three or four starters on this team. I don't know who they even have anymore. I mean, I, I follow the NFL. They are so bad. They have just no talent. Sam Darnold... Poor guy. I thought he could play, you know, that they'd eventually be able to coach him up. Adam Gase seems like he's the guy who ruins quarterbacks, and then as soon as they leave, they have a chance instead of the quarterback whisperer. Um, You know, Frank Gore is their running back. I don't even know. It's amazing he's still in the league. Jameson Crowder, I think, doesn't do much. He's their leading receiver. They they have Braxton Berrios as their second leading receiver who couldn't even sniff playing time the Patriots when the Patriots didn't have receivers. They got Chris Hogan who's done jack shit all year. I mean they have nothing. They really really have nothing and if we lose this game then it is over. The season is done. I mean some people are already calling it quits now. Me and you obviously are biased and hopeful. If they can't win this game and I mean a win is a win, but they should if they can't win it hand win it handedly. Oh boy, it's gonna be a long season. <laughs> the a the long close, show. The closest game the Jets have played this season, and to just to touch on it, they're zero and eight. Uh, closest game they played was two weeks ago against the Bills. They lost eighteen to ten. That is the right. slimmest margin that they've they've come across, which is eight points. Closest after that is nine, and then ten, and then it gets big. Then it's 18, 24, 27, 26. This team has been losing and losing by a lot of points. They're 32nd in the NFL in points scored, 32nd in total offense, 28th in points allowed. 
They are as bad as bad gets. It's the closest thing to uh, an 0-16 team halfway through the season that you're going to find. This team is just terrible. So there, there's no reason that the Patriots shouldn't absolutely beat the living crap out of them. Sam Darnold did not practice today. We're recording this on Thursday. There's a chance that he still comes back. If he doesn't, you're going to be looking at Joe Flacco on the field. Jamison Crowder is maybe the only good player on this entire roster. They already traded away Avery Williamson, the linebacker. Quinnen Williams was on the block. He did not get dealt. We know Jamal Adams. He's pretty good, isn't he? Quinnen Williams was a top three pick. He was a damn good player at Alabama. He has not been the same player for the Jets. And, you know, I'm I'm not convinced that anybody that doesn't play well for the Jets is not a good player. Actually, after watching Leonard Williams and the way he plays for the Giants, Maybe defensive line. They've been screwing up some of these guys. But Quinton Williams is yeah. really young. He came out at like 20 years old. He's really, right. really young. Uh, defensively, I mean, there's nobody on this defense. They I don't, are I can't rec- horrible. The only person I even recognize outside Quinton Williams is Harvey Lange, just because he was an undrafted player the Patriots picked up. It's pronounced Lange. Uh, Mar- I- Marcus May was a second-round pick a couple years ago at safety. But, yeah, they're they're bad. They're incredibly bad. This should be a walkaway win. I I got the Patriots twenty four to ten. I think it's going to be very one sided, and it should be throughout. They should get up early. They should have that running game open and established, and be able to be extremely balanced on offense and defensively. They should be able to get after the quarterback. Nice, nice. I'm going to go twenty seven to six. Fucking beat them up. There you go. We have to. I mean, I, I this has got to be a game that Cam really finds his stride again and looks like he did the first couple of weeks where he's confident in making his throws. I'd love to see Nikhil Harry possibly get back on the field if possible and actually make some plays. Feed the fucking ball to Damian Harris and put some goddamn people that are over 210 pounds at middle linebacker. There you go. Feed him the ball. Stephon Gilmore and Nikhil Harry both out of practice today. What do you? So I wanted to ask you about your thoughts on. The trade deadline. Yeah, well, didn't I tell you that it was going to be a second-round pick maximum for Stephon Gilmore? And they were looking for a first. Yeah, and they didn't get it. You wanted a first as well. Well, I said if you can't get a first and you can only get him a second, trade him in the offseason. Turns out he's only got one year left on his deal, not two. After, but so what? We still have him, I mean. Yeah, yeah, but it it devalues him for other teams. Uh, Sure. But still, I, I think you can get a second for him. I bet if they asked for a second, they would have found a buyer. Oh, I'm sure. I'm so I would have done a second and like a starter. Well, they wanted a first and a starter. Right. No, I know that. I would have done a second and a starter, but um, I'm happy they didn't sell low. I can tell you that. I mean, they picked up this guy Isaiah Ford. We weren't expecting them to be. We didn't know what they do, and they bought, which um, barely. Yeah, you know, barely for a six round 2022 pick. So it's like. Yeah, not much. I would have loved to see them add some talent on, you know, somewhere on the front seven. Yep. Um, you know they picked up they picked up some kind of D tackle who's only like two ninety, not the biggest guy, but yeah. Um, I'm happy they didn't sell low on Gilmore. And if you didn't get what you want, yeah, play him out the season, trade him at the end of the season. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You're not going to get anything for a pick right now. The only thing is people talk about like you know you say. You might get a better value now on a desperate team. Clearly, you didn't get the value you wanted, and I don't. I mean, I I personally don't think he's going to be less of value in the off season unless his play drastically diminishes, like drastically diminishes, or he takes a horrible injury. Knock on wood, we don't want that to happen. Um, 
Yeah, that's probably the case. Yeah. Yeah. The, yep. There was some stat out there that I think over the last five or six years, there have been 10 players traded for first round picks and every single one of them was 25 years older. Wow. Whereas Gilmore's in his 30s. So, yeah, I didn't think it was going to happen for a player at, at that advanced age. <laughs> He's younger than me. Uh, okay, so elsewhere in the NFL, this upcoming season, uh, upcoming weekend, couple big games, really not that many, but Seattle going to Buffalo. The Bills have mm. back-to-back challenges. Uh, this one certainly more on the offensive side of the ball uh, through the air. Tredavious White played great last weekend. It looked like we were mm-hmm. really afraid of him. I'm really anxious to see how he matches up with DK Metcalf and if they let him follow him around. That'll yep. be a, that'll be a terrific matchup. Uh, I I gotta say, gotta think the Seahawks win in this game, but they're not going to be able to shut down the passing game the way that the Patriots did because Seattle's defense is non-existent. So I would expect a high-scoring game. Yeah, as long absolutely. as the weather is pretty good. The Bears are going to Tennessee. Titans coming off that shitty loss to the Bengals. They really need to get their mojo back. Uh, but the Bears stink. But the Bears are going against Tennessee's defense, which is no good. So the Bears have a good off. A- pretty good defense they have so. a, a pretty good defense so, um that's that's a game that it's it's strength on strength with tennessee's offense the bears defense not exactly sure how how that'll play out i'll take tennessee just because nick Foles stinks yeah i think tennessee wins it and then uh what was the other game i wanted to talk about oh the saints and uh, bucks saints and buccaneers saints and bucks. yep sunday night uh patriots are on monday night by the way so everyone can have a chill sunday packers are playing the the niners tonight the Niners have a COVID outbreak on top of all the other injuries. It's going to be difficult for them. But the Packers can't stop the run, and that's the only thing the Niners can do. Still think mm-hmm. the Packers should roll in that one. Yep, I think so too. Uh, the Ravens-Colts actually is a big game, technically too. Technically. Do you know that the Colts are like 5-2? and two? How did that happen? Yeah, they're, they're leading that. Look at their division. The te- they're two teams that are 1-6. and six. Yeah, stupid Texans. Yeah, I mean, the Texans were are probably this year. I mean, the Patriots are, might be the biggest surprise, but Houston, it's like they had, they had some decent experts. They were a playoff team. Yeah, they have been for a couple of years in a row now. The The Ravens, as as we say every single time, they need to run the ball. The Colts' defense is, is a different animal right now when, when they get healthy at the linebacker spot with Justin Leonard coming back there. Uh, so they're... they're it's going to be, once again, a, a difficult road for the, the Ravens. However, Phillip Rivers throwing the ball away. It's Marlon Humphrey and crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to go with the Ravens on that one. And then, Same. yeah, the Saints going into Tampa. They're they're predicting potential storms in Tampa at the outdoor stadium. Brady's oh. looks so good. Antonio Brown's coming back. The Saints have been up and down. The defense in Tampa has been really, really, really good. Carlton Davis matchups matches up nicely with Michael Thomas, who's coming off a hamstring injury, still questionable to play. Got to go with Tampa in that one. Yeah, I agree. Brady's Brady's on fire. Brady is on fire. He's he's in the MVP conversation. I mean, Russell Wilson's at the top of it, but Brady's in the top five. It's crazy, right? Fucking crazy. Still in it. Still rooting for him, but missing. Still rooting for him. Okay, that'll do it for us here. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll be back next week to break it all down. Absolutely. Adios.